Welcome to the Teaching Middle School ELA Podcast. We're your hosts, Caitlin Mitchell and Jessica Kanata. If you're looking for ways to bring rigor and engagement to your middle school ELA classroom without sacrificing your nights and weekends, then this podcast is for you. Our goal is to provide you with your weekly dose of tips, tools, and inspiration so you can actually enjoy teaching again. We'll help you bring the fun and creativity to your ELA lessons so that your students master the standards and you can leave school when the bell rings. Get ready to be that teacher you've always wanted to be to do great work and thrive. All right, today's episode is one that has been a long time coming. This is a question that we get over and over and over and over again in our Facebook group with our EB teachers, in Instagram, direct messages. It's just something that comes up often, which I think speaks into how challenging teaching this concepts can be. So the title of this episode is two game-changing sentences that will instantly improve your students' justification, their writing, their essays, et cetera. And so the question that we get all the time from teachers is how do you teach justification of evidence? You might call this analysis. You might call this Evaluation, um, explanation, evaluation. There are all different types of terms. We use the term justification in our EBW approach, in our EB writing program. Um, and like, are there steps to follow? Is there a simple way to help my students become better at justification? Because it really is challenging to teach. And I remember my first couple of years in the classroom really feeling that way. And perhaps what I'm going to explain to you, you can relate to right now. And if that's the case, I think that this episode is really going to help you. So I remember in my first couple of years teaching when I didn't have this framework, our EBW approach framework, when I didn't teach justification while I really didn't know what I was doing, even though I was in a master's program to become an English teacher, it wasn't very helpful when it came to teaching writing, but I would get home with my students' essays and granted I taught high school. So I had 150 essays all on the same thing because I taught all American literature and I would time and time again, be sitting there after the 30th essay. And then I get to the 60th essay and I'd be writing the same thing. Where's your justification? Explain this quote. How does it prove the claim? Like relate it back to the question. Are you even answering the prompt? And it was over and over and over again. And finally I got to a point where I realized, okay, it's, this is me. This is something I need to help them with. But you know, when you're a first and second year teacher, it's hard to have those reflective moments in your teaching career. Um, and so you get to a point a lot where you start questioning yourself, what is going on? You know, didn't I teach them how to do this? And that might be how some of you are feeling. You know, I've, I've taught them justification. You know, we went through the whole lesson. Why aren't they justifying properly? And I think what we're going to walk you through today is going to help fix that problem or at least get you moving in the right path that you have a, a solution to work toward, you know, and I'm going to relate this to parenting really fast because I think Love sometimes it. it makes us feel better. You know, when I'm, I, we've been dealing with a lot of discipline issues with, Will. I know you've said four is a great age for you. Four has not been a great age for us oh. <laughs> and it's unfortunate, but it's so frustrating for me. And I feel out of control because I don't know what to do. I don't know what steps to take to fix the problem. Right. Mm-hmm. And so my husband and I finally sat down and we said, look, this is our game plan. This is what we're doing. When this happens, this is how we respond. When this happens, this is how we respond. And so we had clear steps to move toward a solution. And if you're feeling frustrated and overwhelmed with teaching justification and your students' essays and their writing, these few steps that we're going to give you are going to help give you kind of that ease 
okay, I've got something that I can do now that's going to help my students. It's going to help move the needle forward with their justification. So I know that's a little bit of a stretch, but it was really comforting to me as a parent. I think that's really comforting as a teacher to know, hey, there are some things that I can do to help my students here. Right. And I think that with these two sentences that we're going to share, and we're going to get into it shortly. It's not just, you know, moving our students in the right direction, but it's like, finally, a sense of relief for ourselves that we can read actually like well-organized essays that include relevant evidence. And then the justification actually explains it instead of just like plopping a quote in the middle of the mm-hmm. essay. And you're like, what is going on? Like we want to, tr- to measure our students' understanding. That's what the expectation is, right? That's what the standard is that we need to assess. And if they're not showing us their understanding because they're just summarizing all the time, then what do we do? Right. Mm -hmm. So the beauty of these two sentences is it strengthens your students' confidence with their writing, but then it drastically cuts down on your grading time because all of a sudden your essays are so much better organized that you're reading and you don't have to continually write those comments that Caitlin was saying of, you know, relate this back to the claim or too much summarizing. And when you think about it, it's truly just because students don't know what to do. Like they're (laughs) trying their best, right? They're writing something. So they might as well just summarize the quote they just threw in there. But Mm -hmm. if we just stop, we slow down and we give them this bit of guidance, they're probably going to breathe a sigh of relief too and say, Oh, I just have to write these two sentences and then I'm good to go. So it really will transform their writing into strong, well-developed analytical responses. Yeah. And I think you're probably, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, you're probably like, what are these sentences? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so we'll get into that into just a second, but I want to share with you that this concept, these two sentences, these questions that we have our students ask themselves um, comes from our EBW approach and our EB writing program. And we actually have, if you add your name to our wait list, we have a whole um, three-part video series for you. And one of those videos goes even deeper into justification. We provide you with sentence stems for your students to start off these justification sentences. So you can go grab that, um, that free three-part video series when you add your name to the wait list. So if you go to ebacademics.com forward slash writing wait list for our EB writing program, that's where we teach you how to teach writing. You'll be able to get that three-part video series with one of those focused specifically on justification, which I think is hugely helpful in addition to these two questions that we're going to address. So are you ready for me to share the two questions? Well, first I'm going to give some context okay. and then you're going to share if that's <laughs> okay. okay. Yes. So we have to understand like, where do these sentences go in an analytical or, you know, essay or a reading for literature, or excuse me, I can't talk right now. Response, response for literature. literature essay. <laughs> so we want to assume that, you know, you've read a text and you've given your students some kind of question to respond to a text dependent question. So students have written their intro paragraph, right? They've um, summarized the story. They've introduced the title and author of the story. They've written their claim answering the prompt. So that part is done. Where we're focusing is on the body paragraph. That's where these two game-changing sentences occur. So in a natural body paragraph, your topic sentence, or we call it the premise, is probably going to explain a reason for your claim. And then students would naturally support their premise with evidence from the text. So we're going to assume students have done that. They found a hopefully strong, relevant piece of evidence, and they've put that in their body paragraph. Here's where the two sentences come in. And so Caitlin is going to explain exactly what they do. Yes. So these are going to follow immediately after the evidence, right? We want to have the evidence be explained, be analyzed, be justified right there after they've included that evidence in the text. So it's not like they just move on to the next thing and aren't talking about what they included. And so sentence number one, 
that first sentence that comes after justification, or I'm sorry, that comes after the evidence. So the very first sentence of justification that students are going to write, and this is as they're just getting started, right? They're just starting to get better at justification. I want to add something for if they're stronger writers and you want to take them to the next level. So this first sentence after evidence should immediately explain how or why the evidence that they selected supports the premise. So how does the evidence that they chose in that body paragraph support the premise of that body paragraph? So we have to relate that evidence to our reason for that body paragraph, which is our premise for that paragraph. Well, then the second sentence that comes right after that in justification explains how all of this, the premise of that body paragraph, the evidence of that body paragraph, your other justification sentence that you just wrote, how does all of that answer the prompt? How does that relate back to the claim? And that was something that I wrote all the time on my students' essays that they always forgot was relate back to the claim. How does this answer the prompt? But if our students know there are two parts to justification that I always have to hit on, one of them is how does the evidence support the premise? And then the other one is how does all of this support the claim? That's it. They have a very clear, oh, I forgot, like I have two things I have to do every single time I'm writing justification. And it's not something that they can just forget about or flippantly say, oh, I just didn't know what to write. Well, no, I'm telling you exactly what you need to say. And at the beginning, it's going to be rough. You know, their, their justification is probably going to be pretty juvenile, but that's okay. That's why we practice. We can't expect them the first time out of the gate, writing a response to literature to just crush the justification part. I mean, some of them might, but I think that that expectation that they're just going to do it really well the first time is probably not the best place to come from as a teacher. You know, just like with any skill, we need to be practicing it over time. Um, Over time, that framework is going to stay the same, even as your students get better. So this is what I was going to talk about before, is if my students are you know, really pretty strong at justification and they've got those two sentences down. Well, now they can expand on those ideas themselves, right? Their justification might move from just being those two sentences to being three sentences or four sentences or five sentences. I even think back to myself when I was in graduate school, I didn't know this framework. We hadn't created it yet, but I still followed something similar in my mind. And it made it so much easier to write essays because I knew exactly what was needed because it fell within in that very clear framework. Was there anything you wanted to add to that? No, I think you said it so well. And I just love like how you explain it. Cause I can picture you in the classroom, like <laughs> explaining this to your students and like, okay guys, like this is how it works. It's just two sentences. <laughs> yes. And I get really intense and aggressive as yes. I explain on the whiteboard. <laughs> um, okay. So Caitlin, I think did a fantastic job explaining it, but I think it's so helpful to see like, ooh, okay, what does this look like in action? So we're going to walk you through a really hopefully simple example. And I highly recommend, you know, you listen to this and then maybe you go back and rewind this where you're watching it or listening to it so that you can really focus in on the justification sentences. So, and this might be something that you even share with your students so they can see a very simple um, example as well. So we're going to pretend that our students are writing a response to literature or a lit analysis essay for the story, The Little Red Hen. You know that the little golden book, right? Where there's the hen. Do you read this one to Will where like she needs to bake the bread and she asks. No, the those little golden books are, he really does not like them. <laughs> oh, they're so sweet. My kids love this one. Harper eats this one up. But um, so the hen asks the different animals, right? Like the duck, the cat, the pig. Can you help me? grow the wheat, harvest the wheat, make the bread. And every time the animals are like, 
not I said the cat, not I said the pig. And the hen is like, okay, I'll do it myself. And then at the end she bakes the bread and the animals all want to eat it. And she's like, no, I'll eat it myself too. (laughs) That's like the gist of the story. So we're going to imagine your students are writing a response to literature for that story. And you gave them this question. What is the theme of the little red hen? So of course they've searched for evidence. They've you know, come up with kind of like an outline for their essay and they've written their intro paragraph and we're going to focus on the body paragraph now. So let's say they've come up with this theme. Hard work is rewarding. Okay. So here's a pretend body paragraph. And here's where you might want to rewind after you listen to it. So let's say they wrote the little red hens consistent work in growing and harvesting the wheat allowed her to make delicious bread. Even though it was difficult for the hen to balance taking care of her chicks and growing the wheat, she did it. Here comes the evidence. The author writes, she trudged to the barn, got the farmer's tools, and cut down the big wheat plant. Here's the justification. Despite the hen's reluctance to do the work by herself, she put in the hard work anyway to create tasty bread. She had to consistently choose to perform actions that allowed her to make the bread. This work would reward her at the end of the story by providing her with delicious homemade bread that she was able to enjoy, proving that hard work is rewarding. So I want you to notice that those sentences immediately following the evidence explain how and why that quote, that evidence supports the premise and then supports the claim, right? So you can go back and listen, like I said, and you're going to see the power behind those two justification sentences. If you teach students, you know, support the premise, support the claim, it's going to immediately start improving their writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a super simple example. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a very basic text, very basic concept, but I think that that shows how much students can do this because even with a very basic text, we can still create those two strong sentences of justification. Imagine when we have a more complex text that has more to analyze and more depth to it, how much more students can get from uh, just thinking about those two different parts of justification. And then the other thing that I want to add on to this, so we're talking, right, just about responses to literature. I don't know about you, but I had my eighth graders write six, seven, maybe eight responses to literature throughout the school year. When I taught fifth grade, it was a little less than that. That's a little audacious of a goal. But if we're just having our students write responses to literature and practicing justification then, and only then how many opportunities do they have to practice putting this into place? Five, six, seven, eight. That's not a whole heck of a lot, right? They're not really going to hone that skill. If that's the only opportunity that we're giving them to practice this. So it's very simple to have students incorporate justification on a consistent basis. And I want to maybe flip your perspective on this. If you're thinking to yourself, well, you know, they're only going to practice it when they're writing an essay. Like I'm going to have to grade all these essays and have them write essays all the time. Well, that's not the case. We just need to look at things a little bit differently from a different perspective. So if you are having a silent debate, If you're doing a Socratic seminar or you have a class discussion or students are working in groups and they're answering one question as a group and they're presenting their findings to the class, all of those instances, students are essentially forming a claim, creating a premise, providing evidence. And when they justify their position in a silent debate, in a Socratic seminar, when they're presenting findings to the class, whatever activity that you are having them do that asks an open-ended question that they have to find evidence to support 
that is practice for justification. So they should know if I'm being asked to find evidence from a text to support a position, I have to provide those two sentences for my justification every single time without fail. And I don't know about you, but I did these things all the time in my class. My students were always working in groups. They were always doing silent debates or Socratic seminars. There are so many more opportunities for students to practice justification than I think we're really giving ourselves the ability to see exists in our classroom. So even you know some of the simple 10 critical thinking activities that we have, that resource that all of our EB mm-hmm. teachers have access to, you know, the what's going on in the mind of activity. Students can justify their choices using this same concept. Same thing with um, um, gosh, what was the other one that I was going to say? Just, oh, the timeless text activity. We're finding a timeless text. Why is it a timeless text? How does it, re- you know, we're always justifying. We're always asking our students those questions. And I think that learning how to justify effectively is probably one of the more important skills that we can teach our students. You know, I think just about in any job that we have, we always have to kind of in some way support what it is that we're doing, you know? And I'm thinking even just Shark Tank. I always relate it back to my students. (laughs) I'm like, if you want to be an entrepreneur or you want to own your own business or you want to be an inventor and you want to create something, you can't just go into Shark Tank and be like, look, I have this great idea. You have to provide evidence for them, your sales, whatever. And then you have to justify why they should invest on you based on that information. You know, it is so relevant to life that we need to communicate that to our students and give them all of the opportunities to practice this particular concept within ELA. Caitlin, you don't know this yet. It's just making me laugh hearing you, you know, your passion for this. Um, I just came from a curriculum meeting this morning with our team and we are talking about this resource we have coming up and it's a choose your own adventure resource. It's going to be so much fun. If you're listening, it's the February bundle for 2022 EV teachers. But um, one of our designers was hearing about this portion of the resource. And she was like, okay, well, if it's a choose your own adventure, aren't we worried that students are just going to, you know, jump ahead, read what the final answer is, and then like skip all the work. And our curriculum designer was like, oh no, we're making them justify every single response (laughs) they do. So even if they try to skip ahead, they literally can't because they have to justify their answers. So it just shows like, we are always thinking about justification. It is a key component of all we do at EB because we want our students to practice. I love that. (laughs) That makes me happy Um, to hear. (laughs) Right. So I'm just hearing, you know, Caitlin gave you all these ideas for silent debate, Socratic seminars. And I a hundred percent agree with her. We need to be doing those in the classroom and have students um, justify their responses. But if you're like, okay, that's a a little bit more than I can take on. Then I'm going to ask you to at least consider this. If you are only giving a response to literature or a text-dependent essay at the end of a novel, then maybe consider doing smaller responses to literature throughout the novel, like chunk the chapter. So that way your Mm -hmm. students can at least practice justification in mini RTLs several times. So you're getting in that practice. Even if they only write the body paragraph and not a full essay, at least they're practicing that justification. Love that. I think that's so true. Um, The other thing that I want to point out is we have to give ourselves the space to know that justification is going to take a very long time for our students to grasp. It is one of the more difficult things within essay writing or within speaking and listening skills. There's a reason it shows up over and over and over again as a standard in our common core state standards for ELA. And I'm sure in whatever your state standards are, are very similar, um, that it, it's something that we just need to be okay with. Hey, 
they're not going to get it the first time. They're not going to get it the second time. I'll tell you right now, I had some eighth graders who took until May to finally get it, but it was so freaking exciting when they actually did. And we just can't get, let them give up. We can't give up on them. And we just have to keep being there for them. Hey, this is what it is. It's these two things that you're answering. How does it support the claim? How, or how does it support the premise first? How does it support the claim over and over and over again until it becomes second nature that they'll say to themselves, I can't believe that I ever had a problem doing justification because now it's so second nature to me and so simple. Yeah, so true. And so if you're ready to take this on and you're like, oh, I just know I'm going to have some students who may struggle with this a bit more, or maybe you teach on the younger end, right? And I'm going to share what I did with my fourth and fifth grade students to give you some practical tips for this. And it's all about sentence stems. So you can immediately go back in your classroom and you can give your students these sentence stems to focus on justification. So for those that very first sentence that students are going to write, I would give them this sentence stem. I would say, this evidence shows, and then they complete the rest of the sentence. Then for that second sentence, I would write, this proves, and I'd list the claim or they would list the claim because blah, blah, blah. And they'd go off and write. And yes, like (laughs) reading, you know, 36 essays that (laughs) all started with this evidence shows, and this proves the claim because it's boring. It's dull. Like I wasn't into it, but on the flip side, their justification was so much stronger. Mm -hmm. And I let them use those sentence stems for a while. And then I would take the training wheels off right later in the year, or even earlier with my students who were ready for it. And so what I tell them to do on their rough drafts is they would still write those sentence stems. And then they would literally like take their pen or use, you know, the computer and draw a line through it. And what they had remaining for the sentences was their actual justification. So their justification would still follow the framework of supporting the premise, then supporting the claim, but it stopped being so formulaic because we removed the, Mm -hmm. this evidence show. So I think there's nothing wrong with sentence stems. I highly encourage you to at least try them. Even for seventh and eighth grade, even for high schoolers, I think we get into this, this pattern as teachers sometimes where we think to ourselves, well, that's too juvenile. That's, we shouldn't have to give them that. They shouldn't be writing that. Well, some of our students might really need that and that's okay because they're not going to do it forever. You know, Mm -hmm. like Jessica said, those are the training wheels that some of our students just need. So let's give it to them, make them feel, help them feel empowered. Oh, I can actually do this. It's going to be way better for them to have those sentence stems. And in your mind being like, well, it's kind of juvenile, but to them, they feel empowered. Oh, I can actually do this. And they're going to move forward in their learning as opposed to being halted. I don't know what to do. Hands up. I don't care anymore. And they just become apathetic writers. This is something that they might need. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Um, If if that is something that maybe you need to challenge, right? In your own beliefs of what it is that you're doing in your classroom, Um, which I don't think that there's anything wrong with. Side note, I think we constantly need to be looking at ways that we can improve ourselves, our profession, like who we are, just all different ways that we can grow better um, and just exist at the top of our game in any capacity that we want to. So to wrap everything up, the key to teaching justification of evidence is three different things. Number one, focus on those two game-changing sentences that tie back to the premise and the claim. Number two is consistent practice 
all the time. And number three is to utilize sentence stems. I also want to remind you that if you add your name to the waitlist for our EB writing program, we have a whole three-part video series where one of those free videos is all about justification. We give you our list of sentence stems to help you um, in justification. So definitely go check that out. Add your name at, I think... ebacademics.com forward slash writing waitlist. There are so many URLs that I have in my brain that I can't remember them sometimes, but that one is correct. I just went back and that one's correct. Okay, perfect. So ebacademics.com forward slash writing waitlist. All right. So the next thing that we are going to talk about next week on the podcast is a simple tweak to save you time planning. You know, we love talking about planning our EB lesson planning approach. We wrote a whole book about it. We just did batch planning live all about it. Um, so we are excited to dive into next week's episode with you guys next Tuesday. Have a great week, everybody. Bye everyone.